Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're tuned into the show on the road. This is Zach Lupitin, your friendly audio tour guide. As always, please keep your ears and eyes inside the metaphorical magic carpet as we traverse the booming back roads and soaring mountaintops of sound. And this week, we dip the dial towards northern Louisiana. is from Robert Finley, maybe the greatest living soul singer you haven't quite heard of yet. I mean, can you be discovered when you're in your late 60s? Hey, why not? And though he grew up with half a dozen kids picking cotton on a sharecropper's plot in Louisiana, he would be seen in his 60s busking on the street in Helena, Arkansas in a snakeskin coat. And then Dan Arbuck of the Black Keys saw him and we were off to the races. And though he lost his sight later in age, he can still feel the love in every room that he goes into. As he mentions later in our conversation, if Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder could do it, hey, why not me? And before we get started, I just want to say that uh, the sound in this is not ideal. He recorded it himself the best way he could. But I think you can get what Robert's putting across as we listen to this conversation. And I did something this week that I don't normally do when I go through the hours of footage putting together a new episode. I kind of just let Robert talk. The guy has a lot of ideas about faith and family and what music does to bring us all together. And I think you should hear it. He's a country boy, as he will say, and sometimes he has some deep thoughts that take a little time to get out. So let's give him that time. My whole life, I've only lived in America's biggest cities, Chicago, a little bit in New York, and now LA for about 15 years. And you know what? I need to slow down a little bit. And I would urge you to not miss the end of this conversation when Robert actually gets into what we all want to talk about, how he smokes his barbecue in his backyard. And uh, I've never eaten raccoon before, but it kind of made me want to try. Indeed, live music is finally coming back, thank God. And this Friday, if you're in LA, I've officially launched a new side project. It's called Patio Club. It's a rock and soul outfit that we're really excited to share with you. Trip, Santa Monica, Friday night, first show ever. See you there. My band Dust Bowl Revival will be heading to the East Coast. July 8th, we'll be playing in Ridgefield, Connecticut at the Chirp Concert Series. Uh, July 9th at Rams Head on Stage in Annapolis, Maryland. July 10th at the uh, Smart Mouth Brewing Company in Norfolk, Virginia. And then July 11th at Red Wing Roots in Harrisonburg. Please check that out. In September, we'll be playing festivals in Utah. Lots of cool stuff ahead. So you can go to dustbowlrevival.com for more. 
And if you dig the show, please leave us a kind review in iTunes and share it with your friends. It means a lot. My voice is a little crispy, not because I've been playing, but because I saw a Foo Fighters secret show last night and I kind of was shouting along. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Here he is now, the undiscovered king of soul from northern Louisiana, the man, the myth, the legend, Robert Finley, everybody. Finley. At the present time, I'm at home in Bernice, Louisiana, uh, where I'm a well-known uh, musician, and uh, uh, I party for a living, so this is where I get all my practice at. I felt the fire from above, and I've been down to the river. And I came back. And you're born in, uh, you were born in Winsboro, is that right? Born and raised in Winsboro, Louisiana, right. How, how far is that from New Orleans? Uh, probably a five-hour drive. Yeah, I think people don't realize how big and diverse Louisiana is. You know, most people, like me, you know, they go down to New Orleans a few times, you know, and then they leave, and they don't see the rest of the state, which is such a... Uh, hotbed of talent and uh, musical traditions, you know, from Cajun music to Zydeco and blues, soul, and, uh, you know, when did music start filtering into your brain? Was it from a very young age? Yeah, well, probably, I got interested in music, I guess you say, it got into my brain, what, is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess so, as I figured out I had a brain, you <laughs> got in there, because I, yeah. since, since I was big enough, I guess, I guess before I could really talk, I could I could hum a little bit, you know. I, I, so I, I always wanted to be a part of uh, our family quartet. We had a family group, a family quartet, and the whole family song, whether it was in the choir or just singing with uh, my mom and dad. So uh, uh, you grow up in it, and uh, you know, I guess. Well, as it was said, uh, Simon was saying, uh, it was telling me on, on America Got Talent, uh, you, you, the wine, how you say, the best wine are the ones that, I think that's the way you had it, the best wines are the ones that have been put away for some years. And <laughs> uh, uh, my dad used to say, the older the berry, the sweeter the juice, you know. Uh, but uh, when you, when you're doing something all your life, it don't, you know, I'm glad that the world is excited about it, but to me, I'm just being myself. So I, I you know, uh, I'm used to just being down to earth as much as possible. Uh, I'm, I'm used to trying to keep it real uh, because, you know, uh, I'm not a politician, so I, I don't have no reason to lie about things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 
I just tell it like it is, you know, uh, and like and like it was, and sometimes probably how it should have been or could have been, but whatever it needs to be, it needs to be real. It, it definitely uh, need to be uh, something that people can relate to. Uh, and if you lie, it's only a matter of time for what goes on the dog come to the light anyway. Uh, so you might as well tell the truth from the beginning, and it, if it hurt, it it hurt. Uh, <laughs> you know, get it get it over with, and then the next time you hear the truth, you won't feel so bad. You, you kind of be used to it. But all my friends uh, say I was kind of a smarty by the mouth. You know, I talked a little too much. <laughs> uh, talk, yeah. talk when I should be listening. <laughs> uh, I did that in the classroom, uh, even in school. But I guess the reason I did it, uh, I didn't get to go to school that enough to know how to how to act in school. You know, when I did go, I was so excited to be there, so I could just sit there and be quiet. You know, uh, I I say I was a class clown, more or less. You know, teacher walk out the room, I put on a ninny show. You know? yeah. <laughs> wanted and to so, be the star even back then, man. You're right, right. It was always a want to be, want to be the star, want to be like. I used to watch uh, little TV. I got to saw with all these superstars, you know, uh, James Brown, uh, Elvis. All these guys was 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 pumping hard, you know, and uh, the Beagles was out and. They were running from the girls, and everywhere they went, the girls was running in. And I was just like, I won't be like that one day, but I, I'm not going to run from the girls. I'm going to let them catch me. And just yeah, I'll run towards <laughs> the girls. And, 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 be, and, and pray for mercy. <laughs> Trying to love this woman. Alum sharecropper, son. Uh, this was my opportunity to to talk to the world from a country boy point of view. Well, that song "Country Child" that just came out is such a cool um, microcosm, I think, of your experience uh, growing up. You know, as a sharecropper's son, which is the title of the record, obviously, but sort of telling people that you know you. Um, have this certain way that you see the world and that um, people have told you maybe that you're not going to be anything, you're not going to mount to anything, you just come from this um, sort of forgotten place uh, and yet so much of American music, blues, uh, country music especially, comes from those small towns, comes from people like you whose parents were working in the fields who never necessarily saw their son being a world-renowned artist touring the world, uh, performing for Simon Cowell on television <laughs> for America's Got Talent. I mean, you've kind of gone from 
a very uh, isolated place to the most exposure an artist could ever really have uh, with this 50-year gap, in a way, (laughs) if you're working as a carpenter, which is a crazy story. Well, it's a blessing, man, because, uh, you know, I try to sum it up, and sometimes, you know, when I think about it, it, it really, you know, it gives you the thrill of a lifetime, a uh, uh, one in a million chance. You know, you know you're blessed. You know, um, it, it, and uh, I haven't always lived a perfect life, so I'm more or less living on grandma's prayers, if the uh, old preacher would say. Uh, there uh, comes a seriousness in it to where there's always hope, uh, and if I can come work my way from the cotton field, the corn field, the Beverly Hills, I'm grateful because I'm living my childhood dream. I'm down from the country, boy, misunderstood. Always heard old folks say that boy. If, uh, if I can get up and put the same hat on my head, then my head didn't swell overnight. So, uh, you got a lot of good hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. I, I don't know how many I got. I got a whole selection of hats. Oh, I got fans that send me hats. Uh, how you say, you can't beat uh, an opportunity to just be you and not have to put on no faking and Jake, and you know, just be yourself. I, I am what I am. I'm a country boy. Uh, uh, very little education, but a whole lot of mother wit and uh, common sense. Uh, and mother wit is sometimes better than education, because you know, I know, I know some some educated fools. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, you talk about in that song, uh, starting to see, you know, obviously um, you lost your sight and your brother and you have this affliction where you started to lose your sight later in life. But you had to rely on your faith and your instinct. Um, and you know that, um, you know, maybe you can't see people's faces, but you can feel their energy and you can feel their pain. And you talk about uh, in that song, starting to see feeling the love in a room and um, knowing that the pain uh, and the heartache in a room is felt by everyone, right? And that you don't have to see, you don't have to be educated, you have to be from that place to know that empathy and understanding are so important. And I think music is the bridge that connects people in a way between... Uh cultures and socioeconomic status people that would never have met you in your small time in your small town in Louisiana were able to meet you in Europe in uh you know all over the world as you started to bring your music back to the public and that's such a blessing for all of us thank you thank you uh it's a blessing for me too because uh I never gave up on the dream but I couldn't rely on the dream and uh, that 
I was carpentering, I was carpentering. Uh, I had a little pity party when I was first diagnosed with uh, glaucoma because it was strange to me and I was running into things and bumping things and always knocking something over. And so I decided to uh, go get my eyes checked. And that's when I realized I didn't have but, you know, but one total. So I went to the blind school and they taught me how to uh, work with what you got, you know, uh, how to stop, take a little longer. Simple. So I guess in a way I was hiding my disability as, as long as I could. But that, and it worked on the small stages. But we went from that to the biggest stages in the world. And uh, then uh, all of a sudden, it's too, the stage is too wide. You can't, re can't remember all, all of the steps. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then the thing is, I can see a little bit to be able to walk out in the lobby. And there's a, there's a long line there in the, you know, in, in, in the, they waiting to, for your signature or you to autograph right. uh, whatever they done purchased. And, you know, who would have thought I'd be writing till my, till my hand go to cramping or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, who knows? Well, say five years ago, nobody, nobody, nobody asked me for my signature unless I was endorsing a check or, or, or taking out a loan, you know. <laughs> no, no, but now people like, oh, you know, and uh, uh, it's a good feeling, uh, and it's something that should never be taken for granted. People who weren't aware of you, um, you know, Dan Arbeck from the Black Keys started working with you several years ago on that uh, Going Platinum record, uh, which is just so fun, man. We were playing it in the car, driving up the California coast, and uh, it feels like it could be, you know, an old 45 record that, you know, James Brown and Aretha Franklin and all those people were, you know, <laughs> you guys were all on tour together, and yet you're... Uh, living, breathing proof that like history continues on. A lot of those folks uh, are not with us anymore. Um, and, you know, Dan was able to sort of harness the history in your voice. And, you know, I love talking to folks like you who have seen it all and can actually sing from experience. A lot of us songwriters, young kids, you know, I'm 36, I'm not that young, but we're making it up, right? We're, we're pretending that we have a lot of history that we're singing about. You know, maybe we had a breakup or two or, you know, we had our heart broken. Mm. But, you know, you come from the South that was completely uh, stricken by racial violence and tension. And you know what a lot of that experience was like during the civil rights movement. And now you're seeing the current civil rights movement rejuvenated. What is it like 
for you seeing this new uprising that's happening right now? Oh, wow, man. Uh, now, uh, that's pretty deep. Deep question, deep thought. Uh, you can't change history because it's done. But you can change the future. You can change right now. You can make preparations to change for tomorrow. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't see how we can hold on to racial or way of life because uh, if you was in an automobile accident and you bled out on the highway mm -hmm. and the medical team had to come and give you three or four punts of blood to keep you alive. Right. You're not going to ask what color jug did it come out of. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not going to ask, uh, what was the nationality of the person that donated this blood? Three jumpers on the corner Told me I'll be a king someday Was three jumpers on the corner Told me I'll be a king someday And if that's a dagger for me Somebody got hell to pay I don't want to be the cause of nobody's problem, but if there's a way I can be a solution to the problem. Now, if you tell me black, white, blue, or brown, but if you tell me uh, you got an excuse for not following your dream, look, uh, you want to have a pity party, that, 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 that won't work with me because Whatever situation you in, I've been there, I've done that, you know. So yeah, uh, exactly. uh, I started at the bottom. I don't even know I, uh, what I'm making now because, I, I, you know, I, I can't see the figures and I can't count that far. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so I'm, hoping, I'm hoping some millions are going to roll in. But, uh, any, day, any day now. Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, when you're... Uh, when you're a young man, you know, your dad is only playing religious music at home. You know, he's a a man of God and blues and stuff like that uh, kind of represented the devil, like you talked about. Temptation yeah. and uh, sin, right? Now, you are a man of faith yourself. How do you reconcile those two things together now? Well, uh, there's a verse that says, in all thy ways, acknowledge the creator, and mm -hmm. he will direct the path. So, uh, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. I never went nowhere and performed nowhere where I couldn't say the word Jesus when I got ready, or I, I mm -hmm. couldn't sing a gospel song anytime I got ready. Uh, because, uh, you have to realize where your gifts come from. Right. And to, like I say, to come from a cotton field to Beverly Hills, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be thankful. Uh, and at the same time, uh, when you got people's attention, 
tell them something positive. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing because the world is full of negative. Uh, what the young people need to hear now is, is something good. Um, yeah. It, now, Sharecropper's son, it ain't, it, you know, it wasn't meant to be a, a, a negative thing. It's part of its history. It's what actually happened. Ain't no time for education. Too much corn in the field. Ain't got time to go to school, y'all. We got too much work around here. We both got a right to, to tell history than people that lived it. Now, I got seven siblings. Each one of them, as I told them, I said, I'm telling mine in a song. I got seven witnesses that this is not a made up thing, this is actual history. I think when you hear songs like Medicine Woman, like off your going platinum record, you know, there's pain and there's experience in your voice. But really, there's also um, that party starter, too. Like you want to, like, get people smiling and moving and feeling good. Right. Medicine Woman. So much of that music from the 60s and 70s that is still so uh, vibrant today that a lot of us young songwriters are drawing from um, is taking, I think, the pain of the past and making it um, something that is new, something that is uh, full of new energy, right? And I talked to Betty LeVette uh, a couple weeks ago, amazing blues and R&B singer, and she you know, just started covering strange fruit you know the Billie Holiday classic but for most of her life she never wanted to sing that song because it was remembering this dark past she wanted to dance right she's like I wanted to listen to Sly Stone I wanted to listen to James Brown I wanted to move my ass I didn't want to like be stuck in the mud right (laughs) right whereas I think a lot of black artists are basically saying we want to make the future we don't want to talk about the past all the time you know, we want to make something that's fun and energetic now. Well, you know? I found out that even in gospel, whether it's gospel, R&B, or mm-hmm. Southern Soul, Blues, if you play an old song, it takes them back to their right. young, youthful days when they were really able to dance and do the boogie-woogie and whatever they want to do. But if you could do, like, make a gumbo, that's what I call my music, gumbo. Put a little everything in there. That way everybody walk away from the concert. 
you don't hit something that everybody gonna remember you from. So the blues lovers gonna have their favorite song on there. The, the, you know, the jazz lovers gonna have their favorite song. But you're gonna have something on the album for everybody. I've been to so many different places. I've seen so many different things when I look out and see your face I can feel your pain if you could talk to yourself now uh, go back in time and tell yourself as a young man you know working out in the fields with your folks feeling like you were lost in this broken system, what would you tell yourself as a young man? Uh, I probably sing the song, A Change Gonna Come. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that, uh, That's a good one. The, uh, the thing about it, uh, I, uh, I didn't really want to go back in uh, memory uh, and uh, mm-hmm. bring up the past. But I felt like it was necessary because so many black and white kids don't know anything about it. Uh, and uh, for, the, for them to uh, rely on on a history book, uh, those books have been edited and uh, some things were told and some things wasn't. How how did you keep your faith all the years that you were not performing, uh, not sort of able? There were so many years where you weren't able to do uh, the thing that made you you, right? The music has been within you from a very young age. You know, you were a carpenter. You went through uh, hardships. You you know, you had a divorce and a bad car accident. How did you keep your faith that you could still be you and still be important in the well, world? all that time. Well, well, here's the deal. Uh, like, the, the, even dealing with my sight, uh, I look at Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles, all these guys that that never seen nothing. And they they made it yeah. to be well known throughout the world. So, it's, it's about how strong your, your faith really is. See, I mean, why would you pray for rain and don't take a raincoat? Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy on me. father uh, contracted polio when he was I think 10 or 11 years old um, and he was in an iron lung for a bit you know in the New Jersey home for crippled children or something terrible like that and they basically you know were leaving those kids to die uh, and they were basically telling the parents like we don't know if these kids are going to make it and he had it in his brain that you know 
he was going to be somebody. You know, he was a brilliant, you know, scientific. He had a brilliant scientific mind from a young age. He ended up going to, you know, MIT and becoming an aeronautical engineer working for uh, the Department of Defense. You know, we were in the Pentagon as he got the medal for the most prestigious honor that a civilian could get from the government. You know, and this is this little Jewish guy who was supposed to, you know, die in an iron mm-hmm. lung. And it's incredible what hardship people can move through. And, um, you know, your music, I think, uh, on this Sharecropper Sun record is so personal. And yet it's so, I think, universal that people of all ages, like you said, can really identify it with it. You, you could see the history in it that the older folks know that it's real, right? Know that you lived it. And the young folks can just dance their asses off to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it's then, great. And then the fact, the fact that uh, they can ask grandma about it and grandma can, you know, would tell them he ain't lying. That's what, that's the way it was. You know, that's what we had to do. And so it, it, it connects the uh, generation gap. I would say that was the purpose of it, to bring, like I say, families together, something that old and young can do. You know, because when we, we uh, I take take my guitar sometime down down to my hometown and just, you know, get out and and uh, sing and climb with family members. It, those are times that uh, family don't forget. And they might be uh might turn around and be uh uh what you call it a historical moment. Yeah. We're just having fun, but then yeah. there comes some kid that we didn't even know could sing, mm. but all of a sudden they they grab the mic because they like being the center of, of attention too. And and that brings out the talents. When you're able to safely tour and, and play these new songs, is there a place anywhere in the world that you would love to play first? I would love to to just uh, actually go back on tour with the uh, Black Keys again. I think that would be a good start uh, if, if they started back to uh, tour. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would love to rerun, do a, a, a rerun with Dan, but I... I don't know if that's gonna fit into his, uh, you know, into his schedule or not. But if it would, that would be the ideal thing. Was would be to uh, get a chance to go back on tour with the original band. I hope uh, I hope we can compare hats one day. I have uh, some Stetsons above my head right now that I don't wear them unless I'm performing. You know, it's like putting on your cape like you're a superhero. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I I, I appreciate that, I appreciate your whole your whole look and your whole energy. And uh, I'm glad that you know I'm glad some young folks will finally be able to hear you. You know, when your record drops in May. So keep up the good work, man. And I I hope we can all tour together soon. All right, man. I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, 
right, the, all right, the last, the very last thing I'm going to ask you before we go is what is your favorite recipe to make at home? What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, well, I love the, I love the barbecue rib. That's my favorite. Uh, as far as outside, I, uh, I'm, I'm a barbecue man. I got, I probably got, I don't know how, how many barbecue pits out there in the yard, but I got them on uh, trailers and I mean what do you make ribs to, or yeah uh, ribs uh, and squirrels if I can get them <laughs> squirrels alright I'll have to try that squirrel. yeah or raccoon whatever whatever can't, they yeah. can't say I've ever tried raccoon yeah uh, he got Bobby Wrap him up in four, put him on the grill, and just roll him over. Okay. And let him let him steam in his own juices. Don't put no water, no nothing on him. Just just let him steam, roll him over every ninety. And when you take him out, if you shake his leg and the, and the bone don't don't come out, well, you need to roll him a little bit longer. But <laughs> you you know he need, right. he need to melt in your mouth. You need. To, you need to be able to cut him with a spoon. You don't need a knife. Uh, this, this is the difference between country boy barbecue and city boy barbecue like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, even know where I would uh, buy a raccoon in L.A. Oh. I guess man, I could uh, catch one myself in the alley. Oh, yeah, and I heard they, they have a problem out of them. Set you a trap, man, in your backyard. <laughs> call me, and I, and I come up there and hook him up for you. now robert finley everybody you can go to robertfinleyofficial.com for his newest record sharecropper son off dan arbeck's easy eye sound it is a wonder to behold please check it out and there's some really cool articles about robert on the bluegrasssituation.com right now so please check that out and if you haven't please follow my new band it's called patio club patio club music on instagram and we'll be playing our very first show friday night june 18th trip Santa Monica. Please check it out. 9 p.m. See you there.
As always, The Show on the Road is written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Zach Lupiton, and we are part of the BGS Podcast Network. Stay safe, get vaccinated, and we'll see you on the trail. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. 
uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. <laughs>